Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. We have somewhat of a different title for our message this evening. It's called Doctrines of Devils. Doctrines of Devils. First Timothy, chapter 4. Now the Spirit, verse 1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly. that in latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy and having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Precious Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who will guide us in all the truth and cause us to become living epistles of the living Christ, known and read of all men. Thank you for receptive hearts, attentive ears, and open minds, as we now receive from thy word in Jesus' name, and everyone said. Doctrines of devils, seducing spirits. Recently, we talked about the six fundamental principles of the doctrine of Christ. The doctrine of Christ. Repentance of dead work, faith toward God, baptisms, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. But you know, we see here that the Spirit of God is ex he's speaking expressly. In other words, he's speaking with great emphasis concerning the condition of the church in the latter days. He says here in latter times, latter times is... Uh, expression that refers to the days in which we live. The days in which we live. The days before the millennial reign of Christ. And of course the seven-year tribulation. But he says here the Spirit of God does emphatically that in latter times some are going to depart from the faith. Now, the word there that's expressly in the Greek, it means he's speaking openly or manifestly. He's speaking openly or manifestly. And he's saying to the body of Christ, to the Apostle Paul, that in the latter days, some will depart, depart from the faith. Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Well, he's given to the church the message of apostasy. Apostasy. And he's saying that there'll be those that are going to give their undivided attention to certain doctrines. And these doctrines will be formed or made up by lying spirits, seducing spirits, devils or demons. Actually, the word there, seducing, 
It just means lying spirits or deceiving spirits. And deception means to present as truth that which is a lie. To present as truth that which is a lie. Well, it, it doesn't amaze... Actually, there's not much that amazes me anymore when it comes to the Bible. I'm just astounded. There are those that don't even practice in the New Testament church the six fundamental principles of the doctrine of Christ. And if they don't practice the six fundamental principles of the doctrine of Christ and following those six fundamental principles and being obedient to those six fundamental principles, I wonder whose doctrine they're following. Every church has their own doctrine. But you see, we're not talking about the doctrine of the church. When you talk about the doctrine of the church, it's talking about the teachings and the truths that you hold dear to heart or that you have formulated from the Word of God. But see, I'm referring to the doctrines of Christ. And there's a big difference between the doctrine of the church and the doctrine of Christ. And I believe with all my heart that these seducing spirits, these lying spirits, these deceiving spirits, they're behind the doctrines of the church. Do I need to say that again? You say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, deception. To present as truth that which is a lie so that you can have a doctrine based on that. Deception. You say, well, now, come on, brother. We're way beyond being deceived by the devil. Oh, are we? Well, if you, if you ask me, I go all the way back to the beginning and I find out that Adam and Eve weren't beyond that, and they were in a perfect state. And the devil presented to them a lie as a truth. And boy, it got them in a predicament, didn't it? You better believe it did. Well, this devil's so crazy, and actually I believe he's crazy. I don't know about you. I believe he's crazy. And those that'll listen to him, they'll get, you know, sick in their thinking also. And that's the truth. That's what mental sickness is. I'll say that again. It bears repetition. Mental sickness is caused by listening to seducing spirits and deceiving spirits, devils and demons, speaking thoughts into your mind, getting you to believe them. And that's what I want to talk to you about this evening. Doctrines of devils. Well, you say, how can they get into the church? Well, Jesus is the head of the church. And that devil's so crazy, he tried to get Jesus to believe a lie. Didn't he? He tried to get Jesus to believe. He's the head of the church. See, the head of the church came in physical form. He walked upon the face of the earth as a man. And in that human form, the devil thought, I want to get a hold of him and cause him to bow down and worship me by teaching him some of these doctrines that I have. All that the world has to offer is mine, and the glory of all the kingdoms of the earth, they belong to me. Jesus, if you'll just bow down and worship me, I'll give them all to you. Where would you ever read that in the Bible? He made up his own doctrine. 
See, Jesus didn't tell him, but he had some inside information inside his spirit. And that was, he didn't have to bow down to the devil to become king of all glory. Hallelujah. All he had to do was defeat the devil and become the king of all glory. Amen. But the devil tried to deceive him. The devil tried to deceive the head of the church, the Lord Jesus himself. And if he tried to to deceive him and present to him doctrines of devils, you better believe he's going to try to deceive you and me. And if we don't stick close to the word of God and be a stickler for God's word, you can be very easily deceived. Oh, you say about the body of Christ not deceived. I know that's why there's 1,400 denominations. The Bible says, is Christ divided? Where do you think all those denominations came from? Doctrines of devils. That's where they came from. That's where they came from. In other words, you say you have got the only true religion. My brothers and my sisters, I say it just like this. If everybody in the body of Christ was being led by the same Holy Ghost and following the six fundamental principles of the doctrine of Christ, there would only be one denomination. Born again, spirit-filled, tongue-talking, faith-walking, love-practicing, living epistles, casting out demons of the living Christ, known and read of all men. Church. That'd be it. That would be it. That would be the extent of denominationalism. You never find out anywhere in the Bible that the church was called Presbyterian, Methodist, Nazarene, Pentecostal, Full Gospel, Assemblies of God, Christian Assembly. You never find that in the Bible. But it does say that at Antioch they were first called Christians, little Christ-like individuals. Little Christ running around the earth, casting out devils, speaking with new tongues, taking up serpents. Hallelujah. Healing the sick, causing the lame to walk, and the blind to see, and the deaf to hear. Glory to God. That's a pretty good doctrine, isn't it? Jesus said, the works that I do shall I do also, and greater works shall I do, because I'm going to my Father. Do you know why we've got so many denominations right now? Because they did not exercise the very first thing Jesus said to exercise when you got born again and you believed the gospel. He said, in my name shall, number one, ye shall cast out devils. And the church took him in his pets instead of casting them out. That's the truth. The church took in them devils as pets instead of casting them out. They're pet doctrines. I don't know why we're getting off on this, but we're going to get off on this. Hallelujah. Is that okay? He's speaking about the days in which we live. And he's saying the church. He's not talking about somebody that's departing from the kingdom of darkness. He's talking about somebody who's departing from the what? You can't depart from something you don't have. Depart means to sever yourself from or to refrain or to revolt or to turn away from the faith. And it's an overthrow of the faith of many because they gave their attention to doctrines of devils. And because they did, they entered into a state of apostasy. Oh, yes, they're still practicing their religion, their religious form, but they're in a state of apostasy. They're not practicing the truth, which we'll see here. 
they are practicing a lie that was presented as the truth. That's exactly what a seducing spirit does. That's exactly what deception is. Well, it's important we understand something about the doctrines of devils. We said seducing spirits are lying spirits. The doctrines of devils, that's exactly what the name applies. Satan has his own teachings. Satan has his own doctrines. And he's got certain devils or demons that go around and whispering these teachings and these doctrines into the ears of the believers. And these doctrines are based on the Word of God. They're centered around the Word of God. You say, how can that be? Well, it's very simple. Eve was told by, I'm sure her husband, Adam, exactly what God said to her, that if she partook of the fruit of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that in that day that she partook, she would die. And the devil came along with his own doctrine and said, Do you believe that? She said, Well, I was taught that. Yeah, but do you believe that? Well, Adam said it. Who told Adam? Well, the Lord did. Oh, the Lord did. He was only kidding. Really, in reality, he just didn't want you to be like him. That's the only reason. You're not going to die, Eve. Had God said that? No. When you partake of that tree, that fruit of that tree, you're going to be healthy. You're going to know things like God does. You're going to have supernatural ability and power. And you're going to be equivalent with God. That's why he doesn't want you to partake of that tree. Is that so? Well, where'd that doctrine come from? Certainly not from God. Certainly not from Adam. See, the devil's been making up his own doctrines from the beginning, ever since his fall. And his sole purpose is to have expression in this life or in this realm. And the only way he can do that is by getting somebody in the earth to cooperate with him and his teachings and his doctrines. And so emphatically he attacked the Word of God and he gave his own doctrine. He presented as truth that which was a lie. And when he spoke it out, it caused her to think. And the more she thought about it and the more she meditated there, you know, therein, it looked good to her and it appealed to her senses. And the more it appeared to her senses, it got her to a place that she began to conceive this thing inside her heart. Now, I want you to note that this woman was in a state of perfection. A state of perfection. She had no flaws. But yet she got listening to a doctrine of a devil... And when she heard of that doctrine of the devil, she began to think about it and contemplate it and meditate it. And finally, she conceived that thing in her heart and she brought forth the sin. She believed the lie. Woe is the darkness that is in thee if you believe the lie. And she believed that lie. And this is exactly what he's saying here about the latter days. He said, there'll be those that will depart from the faith. Because they're going to listen or give their attention to seducing spirits that are going to teach to the body of Christ doctrines of devils. Here the devil attacks the Word of God, and you know it's going to, he's going to attack the Word of God right on through. And we see it right on throughout history. He's attacking the Word of God. You say, show it to me further. 
Jesus was the Word made flesh. And the first thing that happened to him after his absolute consecration to fulfill all righteousness in his life was that the Spirit of God came from heaven's glory and lighted upon him as a dove and says, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And right after that, the Spirit took him up into the wilderness and the temptation was coming of the devil. And the devil came and the first thing he said to him... And remember, the voice just said, You're my son. And the devil said, If thou be the son. I want you to see something here. In our natural state, it is very easy for us to listen to that line of thinking, especially because of the fallen state of the flesh and of the mind. It's very easy for us to listen to that train of thought because we're so down on ourselves in the first place in our human form. And the devil knows that in our fallen state, it's very easy to put somebody under condemnation. And the first thing he's going to say to you, just like he said to Jesus, if you be the Son of God. Now, the Bible tells you and me that we are more than conquerors through him that loves us. And, you know, you start saying that, and the first thing the devil says, Why, you sore-looking thing? You look into the mirror? You're all by yourself now. You're not with the body of Christ. You know, you don't have the Bible in your hand and, and you're singing with the high praises of God in my mouth and a two-edged sword in my hand. Glory to God. And there's an army that's marching through the land and we're hand in hand and, you know, stepping up on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy. There we are by ourselves looking in the mirror and the devil says to you, Why, you sorry-looking thing, are you really more than the conqueror? And you go, Well, I thought I was. Well, the devil's got his own doctrine. See, he's got his own doctrine. He's got his own teachings. He's got his own teachers. There are principalities, the powers of the darkness of this world, that are going about teaching these doctrines of Satan, endeavoring to get the believer to believe these lies of hypocrisy. And if he can get them to believe these to be truth, now listen, because we're going to shoot down one of them heresies right now. Very serious. If he can get them to believe those lies and get them to apostate, then he will succeed in taking them to the pit with himself. <gasps> I've been taught once saved, always saved. I know. That was a seducing spirit and a doctrine of the devil. The Word teaches us what a man soweth, the man reapeth. Doesn't it say that? Whatever he sows, that's what he's going to reap. If he sows to the flesh, he shall of the flesh reap corruption. If he sows to the Spirit, he shall of the Spirit reap everlasting life. You never find one scripture in the Bible that says, once saved, always saved. Contrary-wise, I'll show you scriptures that will show you beyond question in the shadow of a doubt. Someone contested me and said, there nobody's going to lose their salvation that ever knew Jesus. I said, I beg your pardon. Did you ever hear by a fellow by the name of Judas Iscariot? Who? Judas Iscariot. He did miracles, cast out devils. Where would you read that? Luke's Gospel, chapter 9, says he gave his disciples, all twelve of them, power to cast out devils and to heal the sick and preach the kingdom of God has come to you. 
And they in the seventy returned in the power of the Spirit, and they said, O Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Judas Iscariot worked miracles. Judas Iscariot cast out devils. Judas Iscariot healed the sick. Judas Iscariot listened to a doctrine of a devil, and the devil entered into his heart, and Judas Iscariot, he caused the Lord to be caught because of thirty pieces of silver. And Jesus said concerning Judas Iscariot, it had been better had that fellow never been born. Let alone know the way of truth, righteousness. He said it would be better for him if he'd never been born. Because you see, he saw it. He walked in the power of the Spirit. He walked three and a half years and what's the miraculous? He was well-versed in the doctrine of Christ. He worked signs and wonders. And you know his end. I mean, when Jesus says, would it would be better if that fellow had never been born, whew, I wouldn't want to stand that judgment, would you? See, you start talking like this and you know, some folk think, well, well where did this doctrine come? One saved, always saved. You mean there's no security in Christ? There's absolute security in Christ. I'm talking about the doctrine, once saved, always saved. And I'm going to show you exactly how these devils and demons work. And Jesus said, there'll be false prophets that'll rise up in my name. They'll be teaching their heresies and their doctrines and don't go listen to them because what they're teaching you is a lie. Look at first, Second Thessalonians. Just turn back a little bit. I'll show you the nature. of these doctrines and heresies. And I'll explain to you exactly why they come into existence. There is security in Jesus. There is eternal security in Jesus if you stay in Jesus. I said if you stay in Jesus. But if we turn our back on Jesus like Judas Iscariot did by listening to doctrines of devils and hypocrisies and lies, then whatsoever man soweth, the same shall he also reap. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1. Now we beseech you therefore, brethren, we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind or troubled, in, or troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come except there come a falling away. Depart. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition who opposeth and exalted himself above all that is called God, or that is worship, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things? And now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. See, it's working already right now. The mystery of iniquity. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way, and then shall the wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness. Now I want you to notice this expression, deceivableness of unrighteousness. Because they receive not the love of the truths that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie 
that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but hath pleasure in unrighteousness. Now, I want you to stop right there just for a minute. I have found out that there are many, I'm not saying all, hold to the doctrine of one saved, always saved. When I first got introduced to it, I got introduced by someone of a certain denomination that I will not mention. I didn't even know that the doctrine existed. I didn't know that anybody could believe such a doctrine. But they said to me, it doesn't matter what I do. And I said, well, what do you mean? They said, it doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter what kind of life I live. It doesn't matter if I commit adultery or fornication. It doesn't matter if I rob a bank or steal. Or, it doesn't matter whatever I do. Because God's love, grace, and mercy in the blood of Jesus is far greater than any sin I can commit. I said, I agree with you that God's love, mercy, and the blood of Jesus is far greater than any sin. I said, but now you're willful sinning and you're willfully turning your back on Him. And why are you doing this? And they says, haven't you ever heard of the doctrine, once saved, always saved? And I says, well, what are you talking about? Well, once you become a child of God, you're His child, that's it. You're born again, you're in the family of God, that's it. No matter what I do, it doesn't matter. And if, after I have my fill of whatever I want to do, then I just come and ask Him to forgive me. I said, have you ever read what Jesus said, if He's going to come and find you? Eating, drinking, marrying, being happy, and sowing to your flesh, he's going to come at a time that you're not aware. And then I began to put two and two together, and I started to see something. These devils and these demons come along with these lies, and they start telling people, it's okay. Once you're in the body of Christ, it's okay. If you just go out and just want to, you know, sin and whatever you have to do, it doesn't matter. Just go ahead and do it, because you're saved now, and that's it. You can never lose your salvation. See, this becomes a doctrine of devils. This becomes a lie. And what's the nature of that lie? There's two times he mentioned here unrighteousness. Verse 10. With all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And verse 12, the end of it. That they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but hath pleasure in unrighteousness. The reason why they so like that doctrine is because if they want to commit adultery and fornication, then it's okay. Because they have pleasure in drunkenness. Because they have pleasure in fornication. Now, I'll tell you what, my brothers and sisters, if you want to have pleasure in those things, you can find a doctrine that will fit your need. You can find a doctrine that will help you think you're going to heaven. You can find a doctrine that will back up and support your belief that you can live that kind of a life and still go to glory. But it's not one of the six fundamental principles of the doctrine of Christ. It's a doctrine of devils. And there are many that are deceived into believing this doctrine. This doctrine. And I've watched many misquote and improperly quote scriptures to support the doctrine. Now, the truth is this. If we sow to the flesh, will of the flesh reap corruption. And who we yield ourselves servants to obey, ye servants ye are. Of righteousness unto holiness or unrighteousness unto death. Once you become a born-again believer, your free will moral agency is not removed. And if we want to turn our back and go back into the world 
and depart from the faith, we can. He'll never stop us. But woe is unto that person. It would have been better had he never been born. That's really what the truth is. You see, these devils are coming to teach these lies because Satan is the father of lies. And out of his bosom he gave birth by changing the truth of God into a lie. It sounds so good, doesn't it? See, and then the next thing they'll challenge you with is, Well, now, brother, are you saying that once I've been born again, I should be afraid I'm going to lose my salvation? You shouldn't fear anything. And you should never lose your salvation. Because there is eternal security in Jesus. And that security comes by staying in Jesus. By walking in the light as He is in the light. By confessing your sin and active every day walking in His love. And not turning your back on Him for a moment. And whenever you yield to the lust of your flesh, you repent and ask Him to forgive you in Jesus' name. And then believe that there's power in the blood to overcome all sin. And beloved, once again, this other doctrine holds true to this fact. Since you're never going to be able to overcome sin since you're living in the flesh, you just got to keep on sinning and get forgiveness for it. That's another lie of the devil. 1 John chapter 3, you know what it says? Whoso believes... On the Son of God doth not commit sin. Because the seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he's born of God. And for this purpose was the Son of Man manifested. He would destroy the works of the devil. He is a propitiation for our sins and the sins of the whole world. And I've written this thing that you sin not. See, that's the truth. But now what I want to share with you is how the devil, through deception through these seducing spirits, through these lying doctrines, causes the minds of individuals to become reprobate, to think like these demons think, to believe like these devils believe. You say devils believe? The devils believe and tremble. They believe, but they believe a lie. See, the devil himself, Satan, he's taught all these lies to those that follow him. He's the father of all lies, and he taught them all to all of his cohorts. And if we start listening to these lies of the devil, soon enough our mind is going to be captivated and taken over and controlled by this lying, seducing spirit and by these doctrines of devils. And once that happens, either you learn how to act upon the Word for yourself, and you recover yourself out of the snare of the devil by attentively listening to or hearkening to the word, the pure word of truth. Or you've got to get to a place that you're going to need to be delivered from that demon, from that lying spirit, before it finally does overtake you, spirit, soul, and body, and you lose out with God. Or you learn... Not to get entangled again with the yoke of bondage. And not to listening to these lying spirits and these devils and demons. So that we can be free. Jesus said, ye shall know the what? And the truth will do what? Now, in John 16, Jesus said that when the spirit of truth has come, the spirit of what? He will guide you into all the what? Notice in the scripture, 
this second Thessalonians, he said, back up to verse 10. And with all deceivableness and unrighteousness in them, they perish because they receive not the love of the what? The love of the what? And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the what? Jesus sent His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, for the purpose of teaching us the truth. He says He'll guide you in all the truth. He'll teach you all things. He'll show you things to come. And He will be in perfect harmony with my Word. And when He speaks... He speaks not of himself, but whatsoever he hears of the Father. And he's going to take it and he's going to show it unto you. Now that's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, then you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you how? All right, now listen. There are doctrines of deliverance that are prevalent in the body of Christ. Now there's a need for deliverance. But the emphasis is being placed on you need to be delivered constantly. And there are devils and demons behind everything that you do, all the activity of life. And without these people to deliver you, to set you free from these devils and from these demons, then you're just not going to live a victorious life. You're going to be bound up. Now, once again, you know who taught that doctrine? Not the Lord Jesus. You know who taught that doctrine? Not the Apostle Paul. It's a seducing spirit. It's a lie. It's a doctrine of devils. The devil wants you to think he's more powerful than God. He wants you to think that you are dependent upon somebody else so that you can be delivered or you can be set free. And if you don't happen to go to a church that, you know, believes in deliverance as such as it's taught that way, well, then you see... There's no way you're going to be deceived. My brothers and my sisters, God's Word does not teach us that we need to have somebody to deliver us. God's Word emphatically teaches you and me, He hath delivered us out of the authority or the power or the dominion of darkness. Colossians 1.13 says that we have been delivered. Is that what it says? who has delivered us out of the authority of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. And all we need to do now is resist the devil and he will flee from you or run from you as in terror. Then you say, well, then why are there so many individuals in the body of Christ that seem to be losing their minds? Why are there so many that are, that are caught up in these things and get you know, caught up into, into deliverances and get caught up by the devil and they just can't seem to be victorious or be set free? It's because they got themselves listening to these lies and these doctrines of devils. And they're not continuing in my word. He said, if you continue in my word, ye shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Stand fast in the liberty where who set you free? Christ has set me free. Christ has set you free. We're all set free in Christ. Well, is there ever a time that somebody can't get themselves delivered and set free? Absolutely. Absolutely. But they didn't get that way because the devil had more power. They got that way because they yielded themselves to receive, to receive or give heed to these lying spirits and these doctrines of devils. And they got a hold of their mind, captivated their mind, 
And then before you know it, the process began to go on until they became obsessed with this thinking, obsessed with these lies that come their way, and now they're overcome by them and they need help. They need to be set free. And we turn to mental institutions or asylums. We turn to mankind for help. They try to give certain drugs and remedies to help, you know, get these people rid of and delivered from these things. And my brothers and my sisters, Jesus said, we are the ones that got to set the captives free. We're talking about a force that man has no power to control. He has no power over. The medicines, the medical aid and assistance that can come, you know, through serums and, and whatever they offer, they can never expel a devil or a demon. Get, that gets a hold of somebody's mind. If I talk to you about demon possession and we saw someone lying here on the floor, writhing like a snake, possessed of a devil, foaming at the mouth, tearing himself, throwing himself down, trying to commit suicide, and that person was possessed of a devil, spirit, soul, and body, I'll tell you what, you can cast that thing out in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, come out of him and he'll be totally set free right there and just stand up and behold. Now, those kind of devils and those kind of demons, see, that person can't get delivered from. They need you to deliver them and set them free from. They need someone like me and you and everybody else who knows the name of Jesus and the power in that name to deliver them. Jesus was in the temple one, one day. He was teaching in the synagogue. There was a man possessed of a devil. And Jesus commanded the unclean of the devil to come out of him. He, the devil came out. He threw him onto the ground. He began to foam at the mountain. Finally, the devil came out. They thought the guy was dead. Jesus said, he's not dead. And the man rose up and he was totally healed and whole. Not only was he delivered from, from a devil or from a demon, but also his epilepsy was gone. Today we see many that are involved in, once again, man's way of trying to heal them or, or, or to suppress or whatever. Their, their physical condition, if it's epilepsy or whatever, whatever the case might be. And in their efforts, they're trying to do something with a spiritual power, a force behind that, that they have no way. They have no match for the devil. They are no match for the devil. Nothing they can do to expel that power, that demon. Medicine will not do it. Only thing medicine, some medicines will do is just keep their minds so far away from them that they don't know what they're doing. But my brothers and my sisters, it's time we start to realize that Jesus is greater than devils. And Jesus said in the Great Commission, it's time to cast out devils. There are in many, many, many cases where individuals are oppressed of the devil. Where sicknesses and diseases have attached themselves to their bodies because of satanic oppression. And we go to hospitals and institutions and try to get help. We turn to surgery. And surgery, all it does is just removes a part of the body. Where if you had to cast out or expel a devil, you wouldn't have to remove the part of the body. If that was a devil behind it. Now listen. This is so important. We have not touched the realm of the spirit. We have not yet understood the influence of demon activity upon the in, an individual's life. You go back to that woman whose child was possessed of a devil. That child couldn't get out of bed to walk. And from a natural standpoint, maybe even from a medical, physical standpoint, it looked like that all she had was a physical something. But the mother came and run it. She knew exactly what it was. She said that Jesus, my daughter, is possessed of a devil. Possession. Where the devil overtakes spirit, overtakes soul, overtakes body. Body can't function right. The devil is expressing himself in its, his fullest through that person, spirit, soul, and body. And wonder God, we have the tenacious faith like this here woman. Even when Jesus says, it's not meat for me to give the children's bread unto the dog. She says, I don't want the bread. I just give me a crumb that falls from the table. I'm allowed to have that. And he said, oh, great is I have faith for that saying, let the, the devil's gone out of your daughter. And we see the devil being cast out and the daughter made, being made every whit whole. You start preaching that in this world today and we think that the devils have gone to a corner somewhere and they're not, you know, talked about. They're not manifesting themselves in people's lives today. We... Look at it like sickness and disease as a physical thing. 
When in reality, there are spiritual forces behind it. The Bible says we don't battle against flesh and blood, but against these powers of darkness, the hostile forces of darkness. Today, we hear a lot of talk about this anorexia. Nervosa, where it talks about a person who's lost their appetite. And you say, how does this come about? What has happened? We hear more about it today than we have heard about it before. But yet it, was, it, was, it existed before because devils existed before. Now listen to me. Here's a, a nice individual. Maybe they feel they're a little bit overweight. And they look into a mirror. And they listen to this lie of a devil. The devil says, the reason why nobody cares about you because you're overweight. Well, they don't know that it's a, de- a devil. They don't know that it's a demon. They think it's their own thinking, their own thoughts. And before long, they start, yeah, you're right. And then before you know it, they begin to regress a little bit. They don't want to mingle with company too much because they, they have an inferiority complex. And as each day goes by, they keep looking into that mirror and finally something gets a hold of them and says, why don't you lose all that weight? Well, I've tried this diet, I've tried that fad diet, and I've tried all these things to lose this weight. And nothing's ever worked. What am I going to do now? And these devils just keep right on talking and entertaining their mind, their thinking, faculties. And before you know it, they start listening. You can do it. I can do it. But they're not listening to the right spirit. I can do all things through Christ. But the person that was telling them to do that wasn't Christ. You know, Jesus and His Holy Spirit never come up to you and say, Wow, you ugly thing, you look at you. He would never say that to you. Jesus don't talk like that. The Holy Ghost don't talk like that. But you see, you look in that mirror, who's talking to you? Now, it doesn't happen to everybody, but this, let's take the people that it happens to. It's like this one young girl. And before you know it, she says, I'm not going to eat. She doesn't eat. Then all of a sudden, I don't even have to eat. I've totally lost my appetite. I'm so self-conscious right now that if I put anything in me, I'd want to make sure I get it out. Induce vomiting. And as time goes on, this devil that was speaking inside that person's ear gets a hold of that individual and then begins to dominate their thinking faculties. And before you know it, they are oppressing that individual from without. And then they try to obsess that person by whispering into their ears and keep on saying these things and and speaking these things until lo and behold... They begin to manifest themselves inside that person's body. And the person just doesn't want to eat. Now the field of medical science calls it anorexia. But this one young girl who refused to eat and just wouldn't eat and was wasting away to a mere nothing and was overcome, whose parents didn't know what to do with her, couldn't get her to eat, And seemingly, she didn't even have to exist on food. I wonder where she was getting her source of strength. You know what happened to her? There was one preacher in town who began to preach, and they heard about about him. 
and said, would you come over and talk to my daughter? Finally, when this man of God who knew the truth walked inside that house, the daughter ran down to the basement and said, I don't want to talk to him. Went over to the corner of the basement, just sat down and said, I don't want to talk to him. Finally, he said, uh, the parent says, well, I'm sorry, she doesn't want to talk to you. There's nothing we can do about it. They didn't know what was going on. He says, look, I've been fasting and praying for two days. I'm going down there and talk to your daughter. I just want one, want one thing from you. You let me alone what I do with her and what she does. And you just listen to what I say to do, and then you do it. And they said, okay. As soon as, she, as soon as he walked down the steps. See, it was no longer anorexia. It was now a demon. She pulled a knife out and tried to stab him. He took a hold of her hand, shook the knife loose, and says, I command thee, foul spirit, in the name of Jesus, to come out of her and let her go. That demon came out. Told the parents to have a dinner ready. They had it catered. She sat down. She says, I can't eat. See, the devil will come back and try to manifest itself. He says, I command thee in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to eat. She said, I feel like I'm going to get sick if I do. I said, eat in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they began to give her food. She ate it. She ate it. She says, I feel nauseated. I feel like I'm going to throw up. Finally, he said, eat it in the name of Jesus. She kept eating it and eating it. She says, but my, 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 my system is not right. I've been this way. I've been eating for a long time. He says, I'll lay hands on you in Jesus' name and God will do a miracle inside your body. Just eat it. After getting her to eat it, finally she, they just walked hand in hand together and he began to just give her more of the Word, more of the truth, the Word, the truth. The truth set her absolutely free. She knew she need not be bound up by those lies of the devil. And she walked free from that thing. She married, she, some years later she grew up, she married a nice young man. He had an opportunity to be at the wedding. Watching this beautiful young lady who almost had her life ruined and destroyed, taken by the devil. You know, all medical science would have called it anorexia. Anorexia. We've got so many intelligent names for the devil, it almost becomes pathetic. That's the truth. Intelligent names for the devil. That's exactly what it was. How many in the body of Christ are yielding to these lying spirits, these seducing spirits? One doctrine is tongues have ceased. I've heard that so much, it's, just, it's getting, it's, it's prank by now. Tongues have ceased. I says, is that all you know about the Bible? You ask some of these people what they know about the Bible. You know what they know about the Bible? Here's their doctrines. When it comes to the Holy Ghost, tongues have ceased. I said, boy, that's a pretty good doctrine. What do you build it on? One scripture, tongues have ceased. What do you believe about healing? Healing has gone away with the apostles. When the last apostle died, that was it. Or, I believe I'm the apostle Paul or dear old Job. Where'd those doctrines come from? I hold true to the doctrine that, you know, everybody who's not healed has got a thorn in their flesh, just like Paul did, and you can't get delivered from it. Where'd that doctrine come from? Somebody tell me where that doctrine came from. It came from the devil. Everybody knows about Timothy's stomach ache. Where'd that doctrine come from? 
when they studied the subject of divine healing. You think they turned to find a scripture like, um, who went about doing good healing all that were oppressed of the devil? No, they go back to Job. How about this doctrine that came? It's all based on Scripture. Where did this doctrine come from? Hi, brother. How you doing, brother? Oh, I'm okay. How about you? Well, you know, all things work together for good. My daughter just fell out of an airplane. Oh, well, you know, all things work together for good. I know that may sound funny and it may sound far-fetched, but my brothers and my sisters, it is exactly what it's supposed to be. Doctrine of a devil. It's far-fetched. Anybody that can believe when you've been in an accident and you got hurt bad and someone says, you know, brother, all things work together for good, that is a lie of the devil. That's a doctrine of devils. Where'd that thing come from? You say it's in Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. Put it in context and you won't read that that way. That's a doctrine of the devil. And that's why some have turned... I t- my wife and I talked to some young lady down in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We were down there in school. And she came... She was working with, with my wife. She met her. And she came over to the apartment and she sat down and talked. She says, yes... I'm a born-again believer, yes, and once I served the Lord with all my heart. But I want you to know something. I found a lie in the Bible. I said, you did? Yeah, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. I says, oh, I says, I know what that scripture says. It says that God's not going to allow us to be tempted above that which you're able. She said, yeah, and he did. I said, he did what? She said, he allowed me to be tempted above that which I was able. And when my daughter practically died because of something that happened, and I wasn't able to bear that burden, and I knew that God put that burden on me, she said, I quit serving him. I turned my back on him. I don't want to serve a God like that. And she says, I went to church, and the preacher told me, all things work together for good, and God did that to you just so that you can, you know, grow up. She says, I didn't grow up. I grew out. I left the faith. I walked for... Jen, I tried to talk to this woman. We said, God didn't do that. That's a lie of the devil. That's a doctrine of the devils. Where'd you hear that God does stuff like that? Heard it from the preacher. My brothers and my sisters, this is a serious indictment against the body of Christ. He said, in the latter days, they're going to give heed to those seducing spirits, them lies, them doctrines of devils. They're going to believe those lies. He's going to cause them to believe these lies to be the truth. And many will fall away from the faith. You know how many denominations where people are not even born again? You know how many denominations don't even believe in the Holy Ghost? And speaking with other tongues? Because one little doctrine of devil said that tongues have ceased. Look how they can believe such a lie when Jesus, the Master Himself, the Lord, the Head of the Church, said, In my name you shall speak with new tongues. You see that? If it was demon possession, we'd know what to do. My brothers and my sisters, it's the mind. It's the mind, it's people's will. The devil gets a hold of people's minds. And he starts telling them in their minds, you can't amount to anything. He starts telling them in their minds, you're the one that God doesn't want to heal. Because you see, the Bible says, if it be thy will. And obviously, if it was God's will for you to be healed, you'd be healed. So obviously, it's not God's will. So sit back and be sick. 
or die. Well, now, where did that doctrine come from? Devils, demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, and getting people to believe those lies. If you read the, the Gospels from Matthew right on through Revelation, you'll find out that Jesus healed all that were oppressed of the devil. You'll find out that he laid his hands upon all, in so much as the blind saw, the deaf heard, the lame were made to walk, and the maimed were made whole. Body parts drew back. You'll find in Acts chapter 5 and verse 12 that by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And you'll find out that even the shadow of Peter overshadowing many of them, they were all instantly healed. The lame were made to walk. The blind to see, the deaf to hear, it, etc. All the miracles took place. You'll find out that Jesus said, cast out devils. And he spent most of his ministry casting out devils. You'll find out he told the disciples to cast out devils. The first thing, to use my name and cast out devils. You'll find Philip going down the city of Samaria. First thing he did was cast out devils for unclean spirits. Crying with a loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them. Not just a few. A licentious city. People committing adultery and fornication. And you kind of, you, you wonder, what are we going to do with this? People are, look at the, the sexual permissiveness right now, the, the age in which we live. What are we going to do? I know how we'll, you know, correct the problem. Let's take the youth and just show them films and educate them. Call it sex education. Taking in demons as pets once again. No, Jesus has cast out the devils. Where do you think these doctrines come along? It's okay to, take the, to drink a little bit of that drink. Why? Because of, because of Timothy's stomach. The devil will make a doctrine out of anything and everything he can get his hands on because he's crazy. I mean it. And he's made doctrines up out of the, the dumbest things you ever saw, but yet those that are in the body of Christ, they believe them. Why do they believe them? Because they take heed. Because they don't love the truth. If you were a lover of the truth, then the spirit of truth would guide you in all the truth. And you would never have to be delivered or set free. Because the truth would make you free. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. You know what the devil... Here's I'm going to give you his, his, his plan of attack. You can close your Bibles. I'll give you the scriptures. Hallelujah. Number one. The first thing the devil's going to do is try to get you to regress. You've been born again for a while. Now, you see, to regress means to turn back from the power that you were exerting to progress. You were making progress in Jesus and you were going on. But now you begin to regress. Well, you know, I used to read my Bible. just, And the Bible says it's the power of God, the gospel is, on the salvation. Salvation is deliverance. But now I don't read it as much as I used to. See, you're beginning to regress. I used to come in and shout and praise the Lord and hallelujah. Now there are a bunch of fanatics. They lift up their hands. Where'd you ever find in the Bible that says, keep your hands to your side and praise my name? Sit down with a frown. When you enter into the house of the Lord, that came from the devil. That's a doctrine of devils. In some, in some circles, you can't play an instrument in the church. Oh, dear Lord, no, no. Sacrilegious to play an instrument in the church. Especially if you played one in a nightclub before. Let's have a deliverance meeting and cast the devil out of my guitar. <laughs> but now listen to me. Where do these doctrines come from? Clap your hands, O ye people. 
Lift him up in the sanctuary and praise the name of the Lord. Shout with a voice of triumph and of victory. Glory be to God. Bring out the psaltery and the harp and the timbrel and the dance and all the instruments of music and worship the Lord with all that had breath. But yet, in some circles, did you see them clapping their hands in church? Where'd that doctrine come from? Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And so you see, we become real reserved. And don't do anything. But now listen. And that's a problem. That can become a problem. And it can be because of where we came out of. And we can't know the truth and the truth has set us free from that. But people begin to regress. Then begin to repress. And to repress means... They hold back their expression. Every person that was created by the Almighty God was created to give expression. We all have personalities, characteristics, we have traits, and we are to express ourselves. Especially when we come into the house of the Lord. We are to express the joy that's in our hearts. There are those that have lost the joy of their salvation. And if I've lost the joy of my salvation, what is that a sign of? Repression. I was made, all that had breath was made to praise the Lord. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, we're all made to praise the Lord. To be joyful, to express joy, gladness, an attitude of the heart, to be expressed into this realm. If we're not doing that, you see, we can be repressed. It can happen in church circles. Where once, you know, you're walking down the street with your child or with somebody, a friend, or whatever, and you're talking and you're just having a beautiful time and you're just, you know, talking about the beautiful trees and the flowers and the beautiful thing that you did today, whatever it is. And all of a sudden, you walk into the church. As soon as you get into the church, that's exactly what it sounds like. Why? Enter into His presence with and into his courts with hallelujah and declare this is the day that the Lord hath made. Coming together in church, coming together to, to, as a body of Christ, we should be expressing joy. If we're not, there's something wrong. This is the subtlety of the devil. Now listen. Then we enter into being suppressed. It could be because of the bills that you have. It could be because of, of uh, you do feel that you're overweight. And because you're overweight, nobody cares about you. Nobody's going to look at you. It may, these are just lies of the devil. They have doctrines about church and they have doctrines about your life. And they tell you exactly what you want to hear. I mean, you're the biggest critic of yourself. You look into that mirror and you say, what's God want to do anything for me for? What's anybody down there at Miller Christian Assembly? What do they care about me for? I was in there and nobody walked up and shook my hand. And I'll tell you what, the devil will be the first one to point that out. I guarantee you, the devil will be the first one to say to you, did you notice nobody shook your hand? It wasn't the Holy Ghost. Some of us say, I just can't seem to hear God. Don't have to. Just listen to the devil and do the opposite. That's good preaching. <laughs> the devil's always telling me what to do. I hear people say, they can't hear God. But, boy, you know, the devil said something to me. You can't hear God, but you can hear the devil. My sheep know my voice. 
You know who told you when you looked inside that mirror that you're overrated, nobody cares about you, and nobody down there shook your hand? It certainly wasn't the Father. It wasn't the Holy Ghost. When you looked inside that mirror and he said, Well, now here you are. You think you're going to go to work today and have a good time? See, he begins to put the heat on you, begins to put the pressure on you, begins to make you think that, you know, everything's just getting set up just for you. Everybody's waiting for you to walk in. When you walk in, they're going to talk about the dress you wore. When you walk in, they're going to talk about that tie that didn't match your suit. When you walk in, they're going to talk about the shoes and the socks, the socks that were wrong, you know, different color, and, you know, maybe the shoes, whatever. But, but you see, he makes you self-conscious, make you to think all these things, and you begin to believe those things, you begin to act on those things, and before you know it, you're in a warfare with this assembly or wherever you go to church, and nobody even thought those things about you. Except for the ones listening to the devil. And what happens? Now you begin to become oppressed. Weighed down. Oppressed. Weighed. You've got weight on you now. I can't come out from underneath this thing. I can't get free from this thing. It just seems like I've got so much weight on me. You see what the devil does? He weighs you down. He makes you think those thoughts. He makes you, you know, think people are talking about you like that. He makes you think everybody's looking at you and not, you know, thinking good thoughts about you or talking good things about you. He makes you think that. And before you know it, no one was thinking all those things and you've got all these things up inside your mind and your mind's going a hundred miles an hour and you're believing all those things. And what are you believing? A lie. The devil starts telling you that your husband doesn't appreciate you. He doesn't care about you. He's not concerned about you. He takes advantage of you. You'd be better off finding somebody else. And that's where it starts. Then that unclean spirit. He don't just come in and tell you to go and do this. He starts like this. He starts to tell you. He says that unclean spirit says, Your husband don't care about you. You're pretty. Look in the mirror. If you was married to somebody else, they'd treat you nice. Or if you were living with that one over there, he treats you nice. And they begin to speak lies inside your ear. You begin to listen to those things. There's never any way you're going to resolve your marriage. You might as well just throw in a towel right now. There isn't anything that's going to turn her around or turn him around. There isn't any force or power that can get you free from this thing. I mean, just, you might as well just face the fact that it's going to end up in a divorce and that's, that's all there is to it. I'll tell you what right now. Then, yeah, I can see that. You start to agree with that sort of thing. It's time, brothers and sisters, that we start taking what the devil's saying, the lies, the doctrines of devils, and start putting them where they belong, back into hell. Start casting down them imaginations and all those things that exalt itself against the knowledge of God and start looking that devil eyeball to eyeball and say, I adjure thee in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ because you said my marriage will never work out. It will. Because you're a liar. You're the father of all liars. Jesus told me so. And God said, all things are possible to him that believeth, and I am believing the truth, not a lie. You've got to get bold. You've got to get strong. You've got to get firm. You've got to come boldly to the throne of grace. You've got to take up the sword of the Spirit. You've got to take up the name of Jesus. And you've got to start casting out the devil that's endeavoring to destroy your family life or your home life or your child's life or whatever life that's involved in any of your loved ones. If it's you personally, take heed. Don't give your attention to the devils and to their demon spirits and the lies of hypocrisy. Start listening to what God has said. Has God said? 
the devil said to Eve? She should have said, yes, God hath said, and I say that what God hath said is truth, and what you hath said is a lie, and I command you to get off of my property. And that devil would have packed his bags, and the Bible said he would flee from you as in terror. Hath God said, you have been dealt the measure of faith? Hath God said that in my name ye shall expel devils and demons? Hath God said, I give you power over, over serpents and scorpions, over all the power of the enemy? Hath God said, yeah. And so when the devil came along and said, oh, but you can't lay hands on your wife because you don't have enough faith. You should have said, that's a lie, devil, because you're the father of liars. You just told a lie. There's no truth in you. That's not the Holy Ghost, because the Holy Ghost tells me I've got the faith of God, and I can do all things through Christ, and the Word confirms what I'm saying to you. And so the, you told me I don't have faith. You liar in Jesus' name. That means I do. Now, in Jesus' name, you go, and you disease, you leave my wife's body now. You see what I'm saying? Lies of hypocrisy. And if we'll do what the Word says, and if we'll know what God says, God has spoken to us by His Word. He and His Word are one, and knowing the truth sets us free. The truth of the matter was you had the faith, but you were deceived. I want to show you one more scripture. I told you to close your Bible. I want you to see one more scripture. I have first. I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians. I know we're going a little bit long, but my brothers and sisters, it's of utmost importance. We've got to get the devil where he belongs. It's not demon possession, it's demon influence. The devil is influencing people's minds to believing lies and hypocrisy. You can start... I'm, please receive this in its proper light, please. You could start studying your, your Bible. And you know, if you don't watch yourself, the devil will start telling you lies about the Bible. Are you listening to that? The devil will tell you lies. Right from the Bible. What did he tell Jesus? Throw yourself down. The angels give charge over you to keep you in all their ways. All your ways. They'll bear you up in their hands. I said, the devil knows Scripture. And yeah, Romans 8, 28 is in the Bible, but it's misrepresented, misquoted. It's a doctrine of devil. There isn't anybody that's ever got killed that says all things work together for good. My Bible says, with long life will I satisfy you and, and show you my salvation. My Bible says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And by me, the days of your life shall be longer and the years shall be multiplied. By me, by wisdom. Obey your parents in the Lord and you live long on the earth. See, he takes scriptures and turns it around and says that it's supposed to mean this, and it doesn't mean that. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. Would to God you could bear with me in a, a little in my folly, and indeed bear with me, for I am jealous over you with godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in, the, that is in Christ. 
For if he that cometh preaching another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if you receive another spirit, which ye have not received, or another gospel, which you have not accepted, ye might well bear with him. And what he is saying is, there are those that are preaching another gospel, but it's not the gospel I preach. There are those that are teaching another Jesus, but it's not the Jesus that I teach. There are those that are presenting you the truth, but it's as a lie. It's a lie they're presenting as the truth. And today, brothers and sisters, the vision that's in the body of Christ is because there are those that are giving heed to these seducing spirits, these lying demons and devils, and they've come up with their own doctrines, doctrines of devils, and they're going around teaching the body of Christ. And if you read this gospel from the very beginning, you'll find out that this is the gospel. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to set at liberty those that are bruised, recovering of sight to the blind, to heal the sick, open up blind eyes, cause the lame to walk. Jesus said to preach the acceptable year or the year of Jubilee, and this is the gospel. Who said that was the gospel? Jesus did. Jesus said this is the gospel. Recovering of sight to the blind. Set at liberty those that are bruised. Preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Set at liberty those. Set the captives free. This is the gospel that Jesus came to bring to this earth. That's the good news He came to preach to the poor. If that is the gospel, then why is it today there are those that are preaching a Christ who does not heal all the time? Why are they preaching that the Holy Ghost is not for today and speaking with other tongues? Why are they preaching another gospel that does not line up to what they preached back there? Jesus himself said, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs, as preaching the gospel, shall follow those that believe. In my name they shall cast out, expel demons, and they shall speak with new tongues. If I only had one scripture to verify that I'm the speaker of the tongues, it would be that scripture. Jesus said... Oh, but you don't know what my doctrine is. You don't know the intense study and work. My brothers and sisters, one word from Jesus, one word from the Master will supersede anybody's study, anybody's theology. I don't care if you put 10,000 hours, if you can, of study in. One word from the Master, Jesus said, He shall speak with new tongues, got me to speak it in new tongues. One word from the Master, cast out that devil and get rid of it in my name, is going to cause me to cast out devils. And what he's saying to us tonight is this. There are those that are bound up by devils and demons and lies of hypocrisy. There are those whose minds have been corrupted because of, of these lying hypocrisies. There are those that are held in bondage mentally because they're listening to the lies of the devil. He's saying that you can go ahead and live the life you want to live and still stay saved. He's telling you go out and commit a fornication, adultery, and, and go out and get drunk and do all you want to do and still be saved. And he's saying, I want you to set them captives free. I want you to deliver them. And there's not going to be an insane asylum to do it. There's not going to be a drug to do it. There's not going to be a pill to do it. There's not going to be a formula to do it. There's not going to be a school to do it. There's going to be one thing to do it. And that's the power of the resurrected Christ, the living God. Let's all stand before the Lord. After oppression comes obsession. People become obsessed in their minds with those things. There are those that get to a place in their thinking that they are so obsessed that people think bad of them. 
They are so obsessed with the fact that people are always looking at them and criticizing them. They're so obsessed with the fact that they're going to be a failure in society, that they don't want to get out and go mingle with people. They don't want to be with other people. They're so obsessed with the fact that they're inadequate. They can't do anything. They're so obsessed with the fact that, that all, all they're good for is just to stay home and do nothing. My brothers and my sisters, those are lies of the devil. And those lies, if we give heed and listen to those things, those lies will get you in bondage. And they're all designed to do one thing, and that's to get a person to go with him in eternal damnation. It'll get you to turn from the faith, to turn from the truth. After obsession, you get so obsessed with that line of thinking, he'll possess you. He'll possess you. Jesus said, you know the what? And what will the truth do? Jesus said, you'll know the church. And the church will set you free, right? He said, you'll know your minister, and your minister will set you free, right? No. He said, you will know the truth. What is the truth? Everybody say with me, this is the truth. I am redeemed. I have been delivered from the powers of darkness. And the greater one lives in me. I'm an heir of God. A joint heir with Jesus Christ. Jesus is my righteousness. My ability to stand in Father's presence. As though sin had never been. I am accepted in the beloved now. Just as I am. Because I'm blood washed. Sanctified. And set free. I'm a world overcomer. By the blood of the Lamb. By the word of my testimony. I have faith. My faith works. By love. I am more than a conqueror through him that loves me. In Jesus' name, I have power over all the power of the devil. And nothing shall by any means shall hurt me. I cast out devils and the devil flees from me in terror because the name of Jesus is above every name. I don't have the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Satan, I serve you notice. I don't need to be delivered. I have been delivered. I am delivered. And I'm standing fast in the liberty where Christ has set me free. I not listen to your lies. I am free indeed because I know the truth. My redemption is complete. I am completed Him. I'm with Him in heavenly places. In Him I live and move and have my being. I can do all things through Christ. The communication of my faith is effectual because I acknowledge every good thing in me. In Christ Jesus, and my life is a continual pageant of triumph, diffusing 
the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ everywhere I go to those that are saved it's the aroma of Christ to those that are perishing it's the doom of death I will not be intimidated by my adversary my fearlessness and my boldness is a token of Satan's destruction and pending doom it's a sign of my deliverance by the hand of the Almighty God. I'm the redeemed of the Lord. And I say so. I have been redeemed out of the hand of the enemy who the Son of Man has set free. It's free indeed. I am free indeed. I am free indeed. I am free indeed. And I will set the captives free. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Just give the Lord a glory clap. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Glory to the Almighty One. Hallelujah. Praise the Holy Name. Praise the Holy Name. I was at our other church. Just like this here, about to close the service. Called for an invitation for those to be born again. No hands went up. Nobody said a thing. Got very quiet, very solemn. And finally, all of a sudden, just like the Holy Ghost got a hold of me. And I just yielded to it and said, You foul devil of spirit, Jesus' name, I rebuke you. And, soon as, and I said, Set that person free. As soon as I said that, as soon as those words came out of my mouth, someone ran to the altar, dropped to their knees, and got born again. Gloriously. I didn't know anything about it because I was just speaking out. Sometime later, that individual came to me and said, I want you to know that when I was in that pew and you said anybody wants to be born again, said I couldn't move a muscle. I couldn't even move an arm. Couldn't do anything. Just, just was there. But all of a sudden, you just blurted out. So you just said right out loud, you devil that binds that person in Jesus' name, I rebuke you. And as soon as you said that, boom, that power was gone. And I ran to the altar as fast as doing a dance and a jig over to God and got gloriously born again. You see, brothers and sisters, we fight against the hostile forces of darkness. And if we'll believe the truth, the truth is we can set the captives free and we can be free ourselves. We need not be dominated by demon influence. No, they're not possessed of the devil. They're not obsessed of the devil. And they may not even be depressed. It's just regression, suppression, repression, oppression. Well, I got good news. Jesus set free all that were oppressed of the devil. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to yield to the Holy Ghost. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.